Let's, let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 4, beginning with verse 2. Okay. And uh, Paul's writing, he says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may manifest it as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you just for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. And, Father, it's not by chance or happenstance we're here. Lord, you've made this appointment with us, so speak to our hearts and remove those things that would keep us from hearing for you, hearing from you. And, Lord, we just ask that uh, uh, your will will be done in our lives and we'll take this word and we'll grow from it and be better servants for Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you just for the privilege of being here. There are many who could not be here. Um, as was said earlier, they, they were sick or afflicted or circumstances arose to keep them away. And so protect over them and lead them back to us. In Christ's name, amen. Shakespeare, one of his famous lines says, uh, There is a tide in the affairs of men, uh, which taken at the flood leads on to fortune. Omitted, uh, omitted all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. And basically, it's what the Latin phrase that says carpe diem, which means seize the day, but that's only part of that phrase. Carpe diem, quam minimum, credula posterio, which means seize the day, don't count on tomorrow. All right? And that's sort of what Paul is talking about here when he's talking about open doors, when he's talking about opportunities that we have. And, and basically... I think what Paul is saying is that as Christians, uh, we should faithfully seize all of our God-given opportunities. We should faithfully seize all of our God-given opportunities. So what does that mean? The first thing it means is in verse 2. Opportunities are not luck or chance or happenstance. They are God-planned. See, there's... There's not luck, chance, or happenstance in a Christian life. There's God's plans. He says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Okay? And so the first thing is the proper attitude. The proper attitude for a Christian in life as we walk through our days is being vigilant. He says, being vigilant in prayer. But he says, be vigilant. In other words, there's too many people that walk through life and they just take things for granted. Well, I was just in the right place at the right time. Well, it just, it just happened that way. It's just luck, I guess. And nothing could be absolutely further from the truth. I don't believe in luck or happenstance. I believe in God's plan. Uh, the Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes 3. You'll know this when I read it. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And then the writer of Ecclesiastes writes what those times and seasons and purposes are. But you see, Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, knew that God had a purpose for our life, that God had opportunities for us, and there wasn't any such thing as, as uh, uh, just luck or happenstance. That We had to have the proper attitude, which is vigilance. And vigilance means to be able to see what we're supposed to see. Don't walk through life with blinders on, thinking that you just luck upon something, and it's really God's blessings. Okay. The second thing is planning. He says, continue earnestly in prayer. Think about it. Our God is a planning God. He brought us together. 
He brought you to this church. He had a day for you to be saved. Uh, someday, if he doesn't come back first, he'll have a day for you to go home. Okay? But it's not luck or happenstance. you just being in the right place or the wrong place. It's God's plan. And we need to, it says, the planning part is continue earnestly. Okay? Uh, are we continuing? He's planned out those opportunities, his purposes. Uh, the gift of open doors is our responsibility. Do we see them? Do we recognize God's purpose, God's power, God's presence? Do we recognize the privilege we have of walking with him? And he has these things planned for us to experience or planned for us to do. Do we even care? Do we wake up in the morning and wonder, Lord, you've been leading me this way in my Bible study. What does that mean? What are you preparing my heart for? What are you preparing my family for or my work life for? You know, God, what are you up to so that I can be in on it? That means that you're continuing earnestly and being vigilant. But he says do that in prayer. Okay? It's only through prayer and Bible study and a willing heart that we're able to see those open doors, those plans of God, and, and commit ourselves to God's will. Uh, some of you remember Charles Coburn, uh, the actor. and He was one time asked, what does one need to get ahead? And he said, knowing the moment. Okay, Knowing the moment means you know the moment, when to speak, when to not speak, when to act, when to not act, uh, when to go, when to come. Know the moment. And as Christians, we're supposed to know the moment that... Uh, we're in. We need to earnestly pray that, that we won't miss uh, God's opportunities. We'll have spiritual eyes to see those opportunities. As a church, we need to pray that, that God won't let us miss on what he has for us and that we'll have the faith to be obedient to step through the doors that represent our opportunities. The second thing that I see here is from verse 3. Opportunities are not for someone, sometime, someday, somewhere. They're for now. Again, they're not for someone, usually someone else, as Brother Ronnie said, let, let them do it, okay, or sometime or someday or somewhere, they're for right now. He, he says specifically, meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, which, for which I am also in chains. And you see, there's a uniqueness here. We're all going to have different doors that God has for us to step through. We're all going to have different opportunities that God has for our lives. The question is, are we willing to take advantage of those? Are we willing to be obedient? You see, when I say unique, how unique is it that Paul is sitting in a Roman prison in chains and he's not worried about what he's facing? He's not worried about what he is missing. He's worried about, will he make the most of his opportunity by speaking a word about Jesus even up to telling the emperor about Christ. Now that's unique. If I'd have been sitting in a prison in chains, I'd be worried about getting out. I'd be worried about what I'm missing. I'd be worried about what Elizabeth was up to without me. No, I wouldn't. She'd be praying for me. <clears throat> we'll give her that much. But you see, they're unique opportunities. And so in your opportunity, are you looking behind and wondering why it's happened to you? Are you looking uh, around, wondering how you're going to get out of it? Are you looking in the middle of it and wondering what God has for you in it? Because it's your unique situation. 
And then the limitedness. And here's what I mean by that. There are some opportunities, some open doors that may never, ever come again. Paul had this opportunity, this first imprisonment he was in here. That's when they think he wrote this book. This first imprisonment, he was more in between two soldiers, but he was, he was uh, in a house arrest where people could come and go. And eventually he's going to preach to every guard he has. It's going to spread really to Caesar's own guard. And it's that unique opportunity that he's praying for. Some of you, whether it's at work or with your neighbor or at play or wherever at school, you have some unique opportunities that won't happen again. And either you step up to them or somebody misses out hearing about Jesus. And there's some opportunities that don't come along all the time. Okay? There's some people we have a chance when they're open, when their hearts are ripe, and they're right there, and God gives us that opportunity, and we keep our mouths shut. We just missed our opportunity. It comes along just once. Therefore, right now. If we don't obey right now, we miss that. You see, opportunity is sort of like a, a field goal kicker in football. It's a chance uh, for a great triumph or a great disappointment. Either he steps up and does what he's supposed to do, or he steps up and he fails to do it. And that's what opportunities are like. We step up. And the Bible is full of people who miss their opportunity. You remember the story about the rich young ruler that came to Jesus? What can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him, you know, keep all these commands. He says, these I've done for my youth. And Jesus knew what the real problem of his heart was. He says, one thing you lack. Go sell all your goods and give them to the poor and follow me and you will have riches in heaven. And it didn't say that he did that. It said that he walked away sorry because he has great riches. And we never hear from him again on the pages of the New Testament. He missed his opportunity to have eternal life. He missed his opportunity to follow Jesus. Can you imagine that? Having the invitation from Jesus to go do that and then come follow me. And you missed it. We can talk about Judas and how he missed his opportunity to repent and really believe in Christ. We can talk about the disciples that night in Gethsemane. As Jesus tells them, you watch here and pray. I'm going a little bit further and pray. And Jesus is so upset, he falls down and prays. He's just literally in agony. The Bible says that he, as he's praying, he sweat great drops of blood. He comes back and he finds them doing what? Are they praying? They're sleeping. They have an opportunity to minister to Jesus, the last earthly opportunity to minister to him they're going to have, and they slept through it. They missed their opportunity. See, I think too often we let our fears make us miss our opportunity. We feel God nudging us towards something. Well, I don't do that, God. I, that's just not the way I'm gifted. God, that would scare me to death. God, I can't do this or I can't do that. And all God wants us to do is obey him and he'll do it through us. And if we don't get over that fear, we miss our opportunities. And so don't miss your opportunity. Therefore, right now. Now, the last thing is probably the most important thing. Opportunities are not for our benefit. Yes, they'll bless us. Yes, they'll grow us. Yes, we'll have joy in them. But you see, opportunities are primarily for God's glory. All right? You see, there's an outer appearance. Paul is sitting there 
in a Roman prison and it looks from the outside, from the world, that he's defeated, that he's a failure, that he's in jail again. But do you realize that most of Paul's writings happened in jail or prison? God had to slow him down from going all over the world and planting churches and winning people to Christ and making sure the church was okay. God had to slow him down long enough to write most of our New Testament. And some of the the books that we love the most were written in the worst circumstances. You see, they were for God's glory. God wanted him to write this. But they have eternal realities. See, God gives us these open doors, these opportunities, however you want to describe them, because of one simple thing, and I I want you to hear it. What we do in life matters. Too many people think it doesn't matter if they do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that. It don't really matter. It's their life. Now, you know, they're no big deal. They're not famous. They're not talented. They're not blah, 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 blah. What you do in life as an everyday Christian has eternal impact. What you do in life as an everyday church member has eternal realities for the people you live with, work with, play with, however you want to say it, socialize with, eat with. We need to understand that. What we do matters. You see, we need to understand that God has a desire, and that's the point C, is God's desire. He He wants his people to be salt and light. That's why he said in Matthew 13, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light show shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. He also told us in the Great Commission, Go ye therefore and baptize uh, them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then we need to remember how important it is for us to seize those opportunities God gives us. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he reminds us, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Peter said that in the light of those who scoffed about Jesus coming back. When they said, it's always been this way, it'll always be that way. And he said, they forget about the flood and how God interrupted all of history then and how he's going to interrupt all of history again. He says, God is is only putting off Jesus' return of telling the Father it's time and motioning to him to blow the horn. He's only putting that off because he wants a few more saved. He wants a few more to come to know him, a few more hearts to be made right, a few more to understand the joy of salvation and the power of the cleansing of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that and realize that it's an open door and we need to share Christ with it. It's for God's benefit. You see, it's not to gain numbers or money or prestige or anything else. It's for God to gain glory. And we need to allow God to glorify himself through us as we take our opportunities. Your opportunities come in everyday manners. God doesn't have to blind you with a flash of light like he did the Apostle Paul to get your attention. Somebody drifts into your life and you know you can help them. 
and you help them, you've just witnessed for Christ. Somebody comes and they're having problems. You can say, let me tell you how Jesus helped me through that. Because some of you have been through things that they're going through. That's an opportunity to spread the word of Christ. See, some of you have different gifts and abilities. You know, uh, they're, they're, uh, on the radio, there's a guy that he's retired now, but he didn't shut his garage down. He was a mechanic. And now his mechanic, what they do, uh, they take donated cars. Have you heard this on, on the radio? They take donated cars, they fix them up, they give them to single moms in need. Okay, And that's one half of his shop. The other half of the shop, on different days, they teach him how to budget, how to prepare uh, for uh, interviews, how to dress for interviews, how to, how to prepare meals for their families uh, on a budget. And see, he decided that retirement was his opportunity to do more that he couldn't do while he was working for a living. And so that's what his garage does now. And he says he has more joy than he's ever had. And so it's just an everyday kind of thing. Don't think that opportunities only come for pastors or those who lead the music or those uh, who are the youth pastors or those who, who do uh, the deacons and things of that nature. Opportunities come to you every day through God so that he can gain glory in your life. Are you willing to surrender to that? Do you need to recommit tonight? To just let him bring glory to himself through your life or your family's life. I found that young families are lonely. And when you're friendly for Christ with them, uh, God's going to reach them and touch them. Okay? I found that senior adults are lonely. Okay? And when you uh, open your life up to God and those opportunities, he's going to reach those senior adults. I've discovered that that middle adults are just cranky like me. No, I'm I'm teasing. (laughs) Okay? What I'm trying to get across is we all have different seasons of life that God has given us the opportunity to live for him in. What are you doing with your opportunity? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe tonight you need to come and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to do that. God planned for you to be saved tonight. And he wants you to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and have eternal life and live forever with him in heaven. Some of you have an opportunity tonight to come in rededication. You've been down in the dumps. The devil's just been a whooping on you. But you know God has something special for you. And you just need to surrender anew to him and just say, I want you to bring glory to yourself in the midst of my life. Some might need to come and join this church by baptism, letter, statement, how we receive members. And put your life and work here and see what God can do with you and your family. Maybe God has other decisions, some burdens you need to surrender. Because those burdens are blinding you to God's opportunities. And they're real burdens. I'm not making light of that. But you need to surrender to the one who can help you in the midst of that burden. Tonight, by laying them at the altar and leaving them here. Father God, this is your time. It's holy time because you're here. I just pray that your will and only your will will be done. And that Father Jesus will be glorified in our midst as we go through this invitation. Give us the courage to make our stand for you tonight. In Christ's name I pray.